Hey, hey, sisters, and welcome back to another episode here on the Intentional Mom Life with Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson, and I am super excited for our guest today. We have my sweet friend, Rachel Davidson here, and she is actually a health coach, but you're not going to notice that so much in the first part of this episode, because we are talking heavily about spiritual health. We break it down to a few simple concepts of what spiritual health takes in terms of knowing God. And I'm not going to give you hints on the next few, but not only that, I want you to come back tomorrow for the second part of Rachel's series, where she talks about living in the raw. This is episode five of this health focused mini series we're doing here on the podcast. And sister, I know you are going to be blessed about what we're talking about today. Welcome to the Intentional Mom Life with Jesus podcast. Do you desire balance and want to glorify God with your life? Are you often up late at night conflicted between whether you accomplished enough or you were present enough with your kids? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to feel overwhelmed by all the things on your to-do list? Hi, I'm Sasha Star Robertson. I know the weight of that stay-at-home mom life. It can feel like a burden to stay on top of things when you don't know how to manage your time and struggle to read your Bible. You want structure, a routine that flows, and a little time to pursue things for yourself without mom guilt. But you keep telling yourself, there's no time, and I can't find a good schedule. Well, sister, you've found the solution. On this podcast, you will find encouragement to help you live rooted and grounded in Christ, time management tips for busy moms, and mindset shifts to help you feel organized, productive, and peaceful, focusing on what matters most. So grab your cold brew or kombucha and strap those kiddos into the car seat, and let's jump into today's episode. My client Ashley has gone through a major life change lately. She left her job and became a mom of three. She has been in a season of seeking clarity. And when I asked her about that, she said, I got a lot of clarity speaking with Sasha last week. Not only that, but I touched base with my client, Trisha, and she said, without a doubt, her greatest accomplishment in the past week was the clarity that she received from our call just a few days prior. And I want you sisters to know that this is the exact kind of clarity I'm talking about you receiving when you come into a purposeful priorities clarity call. If you are tired of being stuck in the muck and mire of not knowing what to focus on in this season, or maybe just trying to do too many things all at once, this call is for you. Scroll down, click the links in the show notes, and I cannot wait to see you on our Purposeful Priorities Clarity Call. I am back with my sweet friend, Rachel Davidson. She is a 32-year-old from Southern Indiana, a Christian, a wife, and a wellness and weight loss coach. She focuses on body, mind, and spirit using the principles of plant-centered diet habit and behavior change, and God's grace to help people build a custom-tailored, sustainable lifestyle that leads to health and weight loss naturally. Rachel, you know, I love you to pieces. We are forever talking back and forth in Voxer. I'm super (laughs) excited to share all the wisdom and encouragement and knowledge that you have 
with our listeners here on the Intentional Mom Life with Jesus podcast today. Is there anything more that you would like to add to your bio or or share any part of your heart with us in addition to that? Um, you know, I feel like such a novice when it comes to these things that <laughs> this morning even I was like, okay, God, like I just need you to give me the words because I have no idea what, you know, what is it that you want these people to to hear and to know. So I, all I can say is that here recently, God has really been putting on my heart, trusting and obeying and what that really means. And I wasn't, I didn't really understand like how that tied into my own health walk and my own health journey or what that meant, even for the people that I work with. But I started noticing in even my personal relationships and with my clients that as we try to grow and change and like improve ourselves, we can start to shift into this very like almost like punishment mindset and attitude without even noticing it. And we get kind of controlling, like we need to force an outcome. We need to get better. We need to do better. And it's beautiful because that means if if you're that type of person, you see potential in things, like you know that something could be better. You know that you could be doing better. But God's just been telling me like, I have more for you. And I love you as you are. You don't, nothing is required of you. You don't have to change. I, I love you and I accept you as you are. Trust that I am good and that what I'm calling you to do is because I love you and you can obey, be obedient, show self-control through that instead of this, this sense of like having to force yourself to be different and punish yourself into like submission and obedience. And I think that that's, that's really honestly all I could add is at this season of my life and business, that's what God's putting on my heart, that this journey to hell or self-improvement is supposed to be one that feels amazing. Not that it's easy, not that it's not challenging, but it shouldn't feel like punishment. It shouldn't feel painful and it shouldn't make you feel less than or worse about yourself in the process. And that's what I want people who work with me or get to be in my space. That's what I want them to see and know. Just because you're trying to be better, you want to be better, you want to grow, you're loved as you are, and everything else that you pursue, everything else that you desire is like an added bonus, and it should feel well. Health is one of the best gifts you can give yourself, and it shouldn't be, it should feel good to give yourself that gift. Wow. Yeah, I think you just kind of blew my mind there. (laughs) Because I- God blows my mind all the time. (laughs) Right. I believe it. Um, I just wrote down, you said when we obey and we have self-control through God's love, mm-hmm. it changes everything. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, so much. We don't have to grip the wheel and like hustle and force and live from perfectionism and beating ourselves up if we didn't do it exactly right. Like God loves us, whether we do everything perfect or not, you know, our, our worth and value in his eyes is not contingent on what we bring to the table or how we show up. That's exactly it. Just saying yes, God, and stepping forward in obedience is, is so, so good. And so I know I've been in this for maybe about like a year now of this, I want to say season of obedience, maybe. And it's not like I'm saying, oh, I'm perfect and I'm doing everything right. You know, I'm this perfect little Christian far from it. Right. But 
what I've found in this season is just like when things seem scary, when things seem like, um, you know, I'm just like, okay, yes, God, like if this is what you're calling me to just leaning into him, allowing him to direct seeking him and, and allowing him to confirm in me what he's calling me to do, whether it's in motherhood or health or business or marriage or whatever else, right. Just saying, okay, God, you direct and, and living in that surrender each and every day has brought me to this, like, I almost want to say promised land, like here on earth. Mm-hmm. Like I found myself in this season recently, like, how am I so blessed? God, like, look at all of this you know, not just the things, but like the relationships that I have with my family and my friends and, and so many other things. I'm just like, man, God is just blowing my mind with goodness every corner that I turn. And I truly think it's just from seeking him and saying, okay, God, like whatever's next. And and I think that is where the self-control is. It's not like, no, I want this. I've worked so hard for this. I'm going to keep gripping and and running forward or that seems scary and I don't want to step out in obedience. So I'm just going to sit here in my comfort zone. It's, it's just a daily surrender and saying, yes, God. Okay. Yeah. So all that to say, I agree with what you said. Like it's (laughs) God's love. And when we have it through that lens, everything else changes. I don't know if you had anything that you wanted to add from, from what I said, but, um, I know Rachel, you said you're really big on change and like transformation. And you said, how do we actually change who we are and what we do? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I want to ask you that question. Yeah, I have been someone for, for years and years and years, honestly, my whole life, like since I was a little kid, I always heard you're wise beyond your years. And that was actually really hard growing up because I always felt like I always knew better, right? Like, I'm like, I know what I should be doing. Why am I not doing it? And I would say that I found the answer to that only within like the last two years. (laughs) Like, so I'm 32. So 30 years of my life, I have lived with this, like, okay, I know better. I have the answers and I could even tie this in with help. It's like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to be eating. This stuff is simple. God has made this very clear and very simple to me. Why am I not doing it? And (laughs) I remember last year, God finally said to me, he was like, just because you know better doesn't mean you do better. And it sounds so simple, but it was really freeing because it, it reminded me that it's, it's funny because when I start to talk about these things, I have all these Bible verses that start flooding to my head and I know I can't like speak them fast enough. But when it comes to how we change, what God showed me was that change is not something that we create. Like we don't create changes in ourselves. Change comes from the actual, the altering of the desire of our heart. I went through this season where I had all of these things and I I could think of very specific things, but I wanted these things about my life and myself to change. And, you know, I'm sure you've been there, like you put in all the effort, you do all the things you know you're supposed to do. And for some reason, it's still not changing. It's still not happening. Or you still keep falling back into old things that aren't good for you or whatever. And I remember I had kind of tried all the things and I had gone back and forth, like, okay, I'm going to do this the right way. And then I take back control, do it the wrong way kind of thing. 
And I got to the end of my rope and I had like nothing else. I was like, I don't know what else to do. And finally got to the point where I was like, God, I need you to do this for me. And I don't know why I said that. I don't know where that was a Holy Spirit moment. Like, I don't know how I even prayed that, but I was like, I can't do this. I don't even want this, but I know it's better for me if I could make this happen. I was at that point, I was in a relationship that I should, I, I did not need to be in. It wasn't healthy, but I kept going back to it. Right. I'm like trying to do all the things, trying to fix these problems, all these things. And finally, I knew in my heart of hearts, like this needs to end. You need to be out of this. This needs to end. But I didn't want it. But something in my heart just cried out like, okay, God, like if this is, if I need to be out of this relationship, I need you to do it for me. And he did. And it was a long, slow, painful process. But what happened was he actually changed the desire of my heart so that I wouldn't desire that anymore. And so it wasn't that I had to force myself to change. It wasn't that I had to force myself to do everything right. It wasn't even that I had to force myself to do something I didn't want to do. I just had to trust God that he would transform my heart and actually change my desire. And so with that huge life lesson, I've learned that in the process of change, we can accept the fact that we're, we still, we can know all the answers and yet we still don't do them. We can even try and do well for a while and then find ourselves falling back into old ways. And we can feel peace because our perfect, patient God is still teaching us and he longs to change the desires of our heart. And so I think it's just like the Bible says, when we start to lean not on our own understanding, but we trust God, that's how we change. We try to lean on the fact that we know how to do this. Like, oh, I know how to eat well. I know I need to be active. I know this. Why am I not getting results? Why am I not getting healthier? Why can't I be consistent? What's well, just the desires of your heart? And then that removes the pressure from us. We get to spend, as we spend time in God's goodness and our cup is filled, Sasha, I love that you said like when we're full, when we feel accepted and loved and our identity is in the fact that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, everything feels like a bonus. And that's how you stop striving. That's how you stop striving in yourself, your self-growth self-improvement, your health journey, you stop striving and you let the truth of the fact that as you are, every time you mess up, even when you know better, your value has not changed, your worth has not changed, your capability has not changed. But in that process, God will change the desires of your heart. And then when that happens, things like food, they take their proper place in your life and that changes your relationship with that thing. You don't have to do it. You don't have to will yourself to do it. That's trusting God. Spending time in the truth that we are loved and we are accepted as we are, we're forgiven. Nothing else is, there's nothing to strive for. We can be and we can trust that God will change the desires of our heart. And that was a long lesson for me to learn. Hopefully I articulated that well. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm just like taking notes over here. <laughs> if you don't have your notebook listeners, you're going to, you're going to want to go <laughs> grab one or, or just, you know, replay this one when you get to a place to be able to take notes. Cause you're kind of blowing my mind over here. Um, like just the way that you're able to articulate things is so fantastic. And I love that you pointed out, like I wrote down, no does not equal do. You said just mm -hmm. because you know better doesn't mean you do better. We don't change ourselves. We change because our hearts have been changed. And that is so good. It, it's so freeing. Like you said, it takes the pressure off of us mm 
from having to like grip the wheel and do it all and, and like force something to happen. And I'm, my mind is just like racing over here. Like yours. I'm well, God, not, it's, it's not filling with scripture verses, like you said, but I did, I did think of one when you were talking, um, cause you had said he changed the desire of your heart. And to me, I just thought of surrender, like surrender came into my mind. And it's like, you, you came into a place of, I trust your will, Lord. I trust you. And I trust that your will is good for me. And mm-hmm. so I'm just going to do whatever I have to do to be in that place. And I feel like I've had a very, I don't feel like I know I've had very, very similar circumstances many different times in my life in recent years where I'm just like, I don't even care. Just like throw it all on the table and God, so you pick it. up whatever is your will, because that is where I want to live. Everything else mm-hmm. is trash, basically, <laughs> you know. But the verse that came up for me is Matthew 6.33, where it says, um, you know, seek first the kingdom of heaven, God and his righteousness, right? And all these other things will be added to you, whether, you know, and, and the whole passage before that talks about all these different things, clothing and food and whatever else, like we're not to worry about those things or be concerned about those things. When we seek God, everything else will fall into its rightful place. And you had mentioned that too, when we trust him, when there's no striving and everything falls into its rightful place. And I think that is one of our biggest mistakes in just living in general. Like our normal everyday living is that things get out of alignment, where things step on or step in front of or become more important than God. And that is when we have a tendency to create chaos and overwhelm and anxiety and hustle and striving and gripping at all these things that are the opposite of peace in our lives that are the opposite of that freedom that we have in Christ. And so I just love, love, love everything that you had to say. Well, what you're, what you just described is disorder. Mm. It's disorder. Like we have disordered living because there's, there's sin in this world. It's disorder. It's not the order that God had intended. And so when you think of the word or the phrase like disordered eating, it's disordered because we've taken food and we've put it in the wrong order of what should what it should be. You know, God is, we try to control things with things in this world and in this life. We try to find our identity and fulfillment. And we weren't created to find those things in things of this world. We were meant to enjoy the things of this world. But then because of sin, they become disordered. And they become an idol to some capacity. They start to take the place. And we we try to get a certain fulfillment out of something that we weren't supposed to get out of it. And then it's always disappointing. It doesn't matter how much progress you're making or how consistent you've been, or it doesn't matter. Like it never feels like enough. And we continue to strive and strive and strive. And when we're at peace with, okay, let's put this in its proper order then it doesn't matter what we choose with it. It's like, okay, God, I understand that. Like it just, it made me think of like the do-do's remember the do-do scripture of Paul, when he says, I do do what I don't want to do. And I don't do what I want to do. And it's not me, but it's the sin in me. Mm -hmm. I love that scripture because it just, it reminds me that like, we will, we will continue to sin for the rest of our lives. And that's a hard thing to reconcile as a Christian because we have this desire for perfection and that's not 
really a bad desire. We desire it because it's possible. Like we know someday we will be perfected and our hearts long for that. But because we're not there yet, we start to have all of these weird disordered relationships with things in life because we're trying to manage like this desire for perfection because God is perfect and he that's what he designed us for originally. But then we have to balance like, okay, I desire that, but I have all this sin in me. And when we can be at peace and say, well, it's not me. It's not me that's doing these things. It's the sin in me. Knowing that you're loved and accepted, I'm going to keep coming back to this. This is the message that God has been putting on my heart so strongly lately. You are loved and accepted as you are. God does not see your sin when he looks at you. And we don't have to do that either. And that allows us to free up all this space to put all of these things in our life, like food and our and our entertainment and our relationships back in order with God. And then it relieves all this pressure I'm the kind of person that puts a lot of pressure in myself. So that will probably, that word is probably going to come up a lot in this, in this podcast. <laughs> it relieves the pressure so that we feel this, this sense of peace. And we start to make choices for ourselves from a place of peace instead of from obligation. We're not obligated and we can put these things in order and we don't have to look for fulfillment or value or even like our own capability and things that we weren't supposed to get that from. And it just, it just, for me personally, I'm like, oh, well, cool. Now it's just, it's just food. It's just learning how to eat well. It's just learn. It's just the process of learning more knowledge. It's not the process of me fixing myself. Mm. Like I don't have to fix myself. God didn't, God's not requiring me to be anything other than what I am. Good and bad. And you know, that's because Christ took care of the, the sin part, right? And so now everything in life is like, oh, I'm just learning to manage my home well. I'm learning to be better, a better wife. I'm learning this skill of being a good steward of my body. It's it's no longer like if I don't do this, then I'm a failure. I've messed up. I'm not good enough. Clearly, I'm not capable. It's like, oh, it kind of makes everything more fun, doesn't it? When there's <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you completely. And I think like, if I could break this down into maybe three things, right? Please do that. Cause I'm so bad at that. (laughs) (laughs) It's knowing God, knowing God for who he is, who he says he is in his word and coming into like intimate relationship with that, allowing it to infiltrate every part of who we are. And that's where we go into step number two, which is like being firmly rooted in our identity in Christ. And who he says that we are and how he truly sees us. And and that brings me to number three, because I believe the truth is that he sees potential. I was just um, thinking about this sermon that came like maybe two years ago. Um, I was listening to a sermon at church one day and the pastor was talking about Matthew, right? He was the tax collector and and Jesus goes to him and he says follow me and Matthew's like me okay drops everything everything from his like high status like cush life living in you know the opposite of poverty riches basically because he's a tax collector and goes and follows Jesus and Jesus did not see him as the tax collector as the one okay. who was like taxing his people you know, into poverty and, and everything else, Jesus saw him for his potential of who he was going to become the one who was going to write the book of Matthew and be so meticulous in his details. And 
and the person that he was going to be in the ministry of Jesus life, you know, Jesus sees the potential. He sees post transformation. He doesn't see us in all of our ickiness right now. And by, by believing that, by grasping that and saying, okay, God, I trust you. I believe you. I'm going to step into this obedience of what you say. Then I feel like that's where a huge unlocking takes place. Mm -hmm. Knowing God, knowing your identity in God and believing that what Jesus already did on the cross was enough to, to rid all of the sin, everything like that's where it's at. Oh, we can have a whole conversation about that. (laughs) (laughs) But I was, I was just thinking about this too, because these last, I don't know, four or five months I have been fasting and it, and it started off. I did like a 24 hour fast, like praying for a friend who was about to go into labor and whatever else. And then I was talking to somebody else and they mentioned a three-day fast and I'm like, what, maybe I should try that. And so I did my first ever three-day fast, 72 hour fast in November. And I've done one every month since then. And the level of like connection and just God's hand and his goodness that has come into my life since doing that has been insanity. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's just this, this level of peace and goodness that I, that I have with him and feel with him all the time. But even that, it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. It's like, it's this self-control just in obedience that blows my mind because Mm -hmm. I've realized how little food does matter. Right. That's that's the point I was trying to get to reiterating what you're saying is like when God is up here, you know, the listeners can't hear or can't see, but when God (laughs) is like up here above your head, right. And food is all the way down here in your stomach. What does it matter? You know? Um, And so I want to use that as a segue because I know Rachel, you're all about nutrition and, um, and health and, and from this like biblical, you know, perspective. And so do you want to take a few minutes to tell us about, about that? Maybe we can segue this a little bit into health. Wow. I don't know about y'all, but that is an episode I can come back and listen to over and over and over again, and just let some of this stuff marinate about spiritual health about obedience, surrender, striving, self-control, trust, knowing God, and so much more. Tomorrow, we are back with another episode from Rachel, continuing on in this conversation, talking more about health. Rachel is an advocate for living in the raw, and you're going to learn all about that. So we'll see you tomorrow.